Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome, welcome. Hello, hello. <laughs> hello. And how are you in ah, your brand new location? In my brand new location, beaming in from Toronto. Yeah. Well, the air the air feels different. The sun is at a slightly different angle. Um, everything is great. <laughs> I landed up in an apartment sight unseen, but it's really gorgeous in here. So I'm totally loving it. Uh, yeah, life is good. Good in good old Canada. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm pleased that you have arrived safe and sound. Yes, absolutely. It was a bit uh, touch and go, the whole uh, moving truck, towing the car in the back, my dog beside me in the cab, getting through uh, U.S. export office proceedings. Uh, so, you know, it w- no worse for wear. Well, I can imagine it was tough. But yeah. you've made it. That's I've the main totally thing. I've totally made it, yeah. And you're looking fine and dandy this morning. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Put on some makeup for you. Oh, I know. I know. (laughs) So how go things in Jersey? What's going on? Yeah, things are good. I am steaming through my relationship reset course. So (gasps) I can see the finish line in sight, which is (gasps) very exciting. Yay! I feel like a lot of hard work has gone into it. And um, I can see that we're nearly there. So that's good. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm pleased about that. Wow. Getting over writer's block. Like I have such writer's block whenever I attempt something like this. So Mm. your ability to blaze through is so admirable. Well, I've got some steely determination now just to get it finished. Nice. Steely determination. Yes. The Geordie Lass. Nice. We are going for it. Nice. Oh, I can't (laughs) wait for this to launch and then we can tell everyone about it. Yeah, no, it'll be exciting. Yes. So yeah, all is good. All is good. Nice, nice. We're kind of in the, right in the middle of summer, like kind of, we're just starting the downslide into like back to school. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So it's in this strange time. I don't know. I find August is always like, it's a beautiful time. It's like, we want to kind of hold on to summer. I can see the look of confusion because you're like, it's not summer in Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say it has been a bit of a disappointing summer Mm. weather-wise, but I'm trying to make the most of it. And if it's sunny, get out there and make the most of it and just enjoy it. Yeah, on your garden furniture. Yeah. Yes, the garden furniture is just gorgeous. Yeah. We had um, two lovely little butterflies yesterday just uh, dancing around in the garden and they kept coming and uh, landing on the furniture. Oh. It was so beautiful. Oh, what colour were they? All different. So they were like kind of like a blacky brown colour with lovely red and white markings on the wings. And just, I was mesmerized by them. I was absolutely fascinated. I'm going, look, they're coming back again. They're coming back. (laughs) Oh, wow. It was like nature watching my garden. (laughs) Wow, wow. It was gorgeous. They were fascinating creatures. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's gorgeous. Mm. Oh, wow. It's always such an honor for little, beautiful little creatures like that to kind of come in and and feel comfortable in your place and Mm. to want to roost on your furniture. It's quite a flattering little no, gesture they were, there. they were very brave they were landing on the half's hand you oh. just sat there and it just landed oh so it felt very delicate oh my gosh that's so sweet yeah oh yeah, it's pretty a sunday spent out 
Yes. And the garden furniture with butterflies. That's the best. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's very nice. So um, we haven't uh, met for a while, so I'm wondering what's been kicking off at the Relationship Desk of Love? Well, yes. <laughs> Let's see what we've got for you this week. <laughs> so we've talked quite a bit on the podcast about divorce and, um, mm. and what happens after you get divorced. Mm-hmm. So I came across this great article that said... Um, here's the one thing you should never say to your ex, especially if you have kids. Oh, okay. So the one thing was to avoid negative labels. Oh. So we've talked about kind of communication and how to still be kind to each other after you get divorced. And Mm -hmm. this article really reiterates it. But it also said, which, um, I kind of hadn't really thought about, was that it's very commonplace now to have non-disparagement clauses in separation agreements. Oh, no kidding. Now, oh. whilst I can kind of see why <laughs> that would happen on another level, yeah. don't you think that we shouldn't need an agreement to tell us to be nice to each other? <laughs> well, I mean, most people aren't nice to each other, so it's oh, the obvious kind of, has to be stated. Yeah, so I was just... Hmm. I was I was a bit kind of taken back by it. And then they also said they're seeing more and more cases of non-custodial parents claims of parental um, alienation. So this is where they're kind of being accused of trying to alienate or um, move the other, like one parent kind of out of the, hmm. out of that family relationship. Hmm. So it goes on to say that you should avoid using any kind of abusive language towards your ex. Hmm. Which I kind of feel like goes without saying, but... Perhaps not. Yeah. Um, so avoid calling your spouse stupid or accusing them of lying or cheating mm. and any other negative labels that you might place on your ex, especially in front of the children. Right, right. So it says instead prioritize being cordial but firm. Wow. So, I, I mean, this makes logical sense, but my gosh, is this hard in practice, though? It's hard not to slag off your ex. In front of everyone, including your kids, isn't it? (laughs) The slag off, am I using it in the right? Well, it is, but I think that you have to, you have to take a certain position. I think you have Mm. to, um, no matter what's going on, I think you have to rise above it. I think that it's really awful to put kind of the children in the middle. And I did catch myself doing it a few times after we divorced. But, you know, it is possible to catch yourself and and then kind of interject and stop Mm. because... Let's face it, the kids have gone through a traumatic time as it is with their parents separating mm. without hearing both of you slag each other off yeah. um, when the yeah. other one's not there. Like, who wants to be caught in the middle like that? Oh, absolutely nobody. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It's mm. so true. But like, if you're hurting ex or if you're hurting parent, my gosh, it's the easiest thing to kind of like soothe your wounds by, mm. you know, making disparaging comments. It's very hard to take the high road. Yeah, and, you know, find an outlet for that, you know, a safer place to vent, not to kind of, you know, do it in front of your kids, right? Like Ah, therapist. Well, yeah, therapist, (laughs) writing it down, screaming into a pillow, telling a friend, you know, there's lots of other outlets that you can use without um, resorting to your kids. True that, and it makes perfect sense, but my gosh, it's hard. But yeah. that's why I think it it should be included in uh, in divorce proceedings because I think everybody needs a reminder and maybe a court mandated mi- reminder to just keep it civil. 
because the human tendency is to just go into the into the gutter. Yeah, yeah. And I guess if you've got it in black and white and it's part of that agreement, then mm. it is going to hold you to account. Mm-hmm. It's weird. We never, well, we never got trained on anything. We never really got trained on communication and relationship. Mm. We didn't get trained on, you know, how all we got trained on is to sort of like dive into relationship hormone first. And, and the rest, we <laughs> didn't know what to do. And we certainly didn't know yeah. what to do at the dissolution of a relationship. Yeah. We had no sweet clue. Like nobody, it's considered bad luck to prepare you for divorce or for mm. separation. But, you know, in some countries, 50% of us, you know, separate. Yeah. And our relationship podcast is all about trying to keep folks together and trying to build up the communication. Mm. But if things should end in dissolution or divorce, then keeping it civil goes a long way to good mental health for your kids yeah. and for yourself. Yeah, I was going to say and for yourself as well. Because, yeah. yeah, you've got to try and stay sane in a time yeah. when everything feels a little bit more turbulent. Yeah. Yeah, and I suppose like making disparaging comments can really help soothe in the moment, but it does mm. breed a negativity that is hard to wash out. It's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. It's a nice reminder. I'm glad for the relationship desk of love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. All right, well, let's um, hot foot it across to a hot topic. Yes, I'm feeling warmed up. Let's go. Let's go. Today's hot topic is overcoming low self-esteem in your relationship. Oh, wow, this comes up. Yes. Mm, I was going to say, how many times do we come across this? Oh my gosh. Low self-esteem like is a virus that just infiltrates a relationship and just yeah. oof, mm. has such a negative effect on a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And often you don't even realize that it's there or that's what's the, the behavior that it's driving. I think it can be easy to overlook it. Mm-hmm. I think it can be easy not to really fully connect with what's going on in your relationship and how your feelings are then, you know, are, are then affecting the rest of the relationship in a different way that I think you're almost in it and you don't even realize that there's anything different that could be happening I don't think you realize that there's actually a better world on the other side it's like a fish doesn't know water Mm. yeah you 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 are swimming in the negativity or you're swimming in the low self-confidence and so you don't know anything different it is your water yeah oh and this can come up in so many different ways like people can be like cheaters because of low self-confidence they can be very aggressive because of low Mm. self-confidence like doesn't show up all the time in the typical ways that you would think low confidence would would show up as. Yeah. So it can be like the last thing that you think is going on because the mm. person's behavior is so contrary to to sort of somebody who you think is low self-confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And it does just breed as you say this negativity in the relationship and you end up you can end up kind of the other party walking on eggshells not really kind of knowing what sort Mm. of person they're going to wake up with or when they open the door and enter the other side Mm -hmm. so it's a real tricky one and I think often there's a belief that the other person should fix the problem oh tell me more about that so that kind of like I know that I've got some issues but I believe that you should rescue me and come and fix me because you're here to make sure that I'm going to feel okay about myself so I think there's kind of a myth that happens there 
Oh my gosh, yes, that is so true. Because <gasps> we know yeah. it's not anybody else's responsibility to fix us. And yeah. actually, we're not even broken. There's just yeah. a few things that aren't right. They're not aligned. We're not maybe as open to some of the possibilities or the belief about who we are and um, and what we can become. So, yeah. but if we're relying on somebody else to come and fix that and make it better for us, we're never really going to solve the source of the, of the problem. Wow. No kidding. Yeah. So how would you say, it's, it's hard, it's hard to have insight on this. How would you say that you would go about recognizing that self-confidence in yourself is an issue that's playing out in yourself and your relationship? Yeah. So I think some of the signs are, um, really just look at what's happening and your responses to things. So often you'll, um, the self-talk that's going on in your head is very negative Mm. and very disparaging about yourself. So you'll put yourself down, you'll criticize yourself. Mm. And there'll be some real kind of strong negative discussions that are going on. You know, the Mm. shitty committee are kind of out (laughs) to play. If somebody pays you a compliment, so your other half says, oh, you look lovely, then you'll kind of brush that off. You won't believe them. You say, oh, they're just saying that, Um, you know, they're not, they don't mean it. They're just saying it because they have to. Mm. So there'll be that inability to be able to accept any compliments or any kind words that other people send Mm. your way. Mm -hmm. So I think um, they're kind of some of the things. Also, there's this belief that everybody else is better than you are. So... Mm you get stuck with this comparison comparing yourself to everybody and you're always looking at the negative aspects of yourself and you're putting them against somebody else who you've popped on a pedestal there Mm. to say that well it's okay for them they're pretty they're they've got everything that they want they've got a good job they've got this Mm. you know you kind of list off all of the accolades that somebody else has got and you're comparing it to yourself and saying you haven't got any of that and mm-hmm. some real kind of strong emotions will be coming out as well. So real kind of sadness, um, feelings of anxiety, feelings of anger, as you mentioned before, you can get mm-hmm. kind of that real kind of resentment that builds up, like where you generally, I mean, it's almost like walking around with a big giant chip on your shoulder where you just kind of feel like you've been dealt the wrong hand. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. My gosh. And you're in your story, right? Yeah, like totally in your story. It's and and you brought your spouse into the story. Yeah. So yeah. everyone believes that you have a crappy job because you can't deserve anything better. You have to work 15 hours a day. Uh, there's no other hope for you. Yeah. And that this is all that is possible for you in life, that you're the mm-hmm. unlucky one. Yeah. And yes. your spouse, like you get them to believe it so that they can be in the box with you. And yeah. uh, so that there's sympathy, but there's not that hard kick in the ass to be like, Ah, uh, no, I don't. I, th- I think this might be a story. What about you? Yeah. 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 And it's mm. draining, I think, to be in that place as well. Yeah. Like negative yeah. energy is so much heavier, isn't it? Than positive energy where we've got a lightness and a happiness about who we are and what we're doing. Yeah. That negativity kind of, it really does feel like a giant weight. Do you remember those um, yeah. in the cartoon characters where they have like the big, ton weight and it's squashing the kind of mouse or yeah and that's exactly what it feels like it's almost like the kind of the floor and the ceiling are coming towards Mm. each other and you're kind of stuck in the middle in this real tight awful oppressive space yeah oh that's imagery yes that makes perfect Mm. sense and if you're the partner to somebody who is having this experience with low self-esteem what is your experience as your as the partner 
I think it is that kind of eggshell moment. It's the, um, I think the energy levels again, kind of feeling that kind of draining of energy, never feeling like you're doing the, you, you can't do right for doing wrong. It's mm. doesn't matter what I say or do, nothing seems to have the desired effect. Mm-hmm. And it must be quite sad, I think, to watch somebody who genuinely can't see their own beauty and gifts when you mm. can. That must be soul destroying, I think, to mm-hmm. sit there and day after day, not to be able to get the other person to see how genuinely beautiful and gorgeous human being they are. Yeah. And and the tricky thing is, too, is the person with low self-esteem will have these beautiful people in their lives who see their potential and see their beauty. And they'll think it's either like a scam or it's just coincidence. And so people will actually push others away from them. Sorry for me. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, because that doesn't fit in with the story. If I'm unlovable, then why are these beautiful people around me? It must be for Mm. some reason other than me. And let's try to push them away because they don't fit with my story. And that's often, and we work with people who are, you can see the spouses trying to, Mm. trying to get their partner to see the beautiful things in them. And one day people will leave, you know, and I see this play out huge in uh, intimacy, huge. Mm where um, self-esteem really affects people's intimacy, their libido, their ability to Mm. connect sexually with their partner. Um, And you've literally got one partner trying to like bleed water from a stone or blood from a stone and get that that beautiful self-confident person out of of this person who is believing the story that there's no confidence. It's, yeah, it is a virus that sort of infects the entire relationship. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And I, you know, I have worked with folks where I actually kind of propose that we sort of work with the person who is dealing with low self-esteem and we kind of do some concentrated work with that person to get them up to sort of a level where we can kind of then, you know, uh, keep doing some uh, couples work. So it really does, does warrant some intensive work. Hmm. So where would you say the starting point is then to start to repair some of the damage that's going on internally? You know, if I can get insight, either individually or in a couple, if on an intro session, we can, the person who is struggling with low self-esteem, if they can, if they can at least see that, Mm. that's a huge win. And, you know, even if they're like, yeah, but I can't, I don't know how it could be different. I don't know how it could be any other way. Like, this is the voice in my head. This is what I believe about myself. Mm. This is what I believe that I deserve. It's hard. I don't see it as any other way. And and that's a perfect starting point. Mm. And, and what could a listener do on their own at home, do you think? To Oh my, I mean, you know, honestly, the insight is everything. So, you know, if a listener is noticing some conflict in their life or their relationship and they're mm. wondering why, and maybe for from themselves, maybe for their partner, if they're noticing some of the signs that we've talked about, yeah. coming to the table with insight is huge. So if you even start to think, oh, maybe self-confidence is something that's, causing our issues, that's actually a big, big step in the right direction. Mm. I, I, uh, you know, have worked with folks where the one partner is, um, has trouble with fidelity and he strays all the time, (laughs) or if he's not straying, he wants to stray. And Mm -hmm. the strangest thing is for the partner to realize there's a self-esteem issue there Mm. because, you know, 
this guy just looks like a cad. But actually what's going on is it's a self-esteem issue. And to, to even realize that that's what's going on, it brings the conversation into a totally different realm. So mm. once you can start to to see behaviors as, as boiling down to self-esteem, then you can actually deal with the issue sort of in a more constructive way. And so for me, the insight is the first step. It's the most powerful step. Mm. Yeah. How about you? I think, yeah, insight and aw- that awareness piece is really crucial. And a lot of that, I think you would notice if you, if generally, if you're getting those thoughts of I'm not good enough or others are better than me, mm. I'm not worthy of love. If you're getting some of those messages, that would generally be, kind of, you know, a telltale sign that there's something going on with self-esteem mm. and low self-worth. Mm-hmm. So once you've got that level of awareness, I think it's then about trying to take some steps to repair and to rebuild and to recover mm. from that position. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to start to notice strengths in yourself. Mm. And it can be really hard to do. But even if you just notice one thing a day that is good about you or mm. one moment when you felt great, like what was it? What about that moment um, made you feel really good? Mm. How can you then recreate some of those moments across your life? Mm. Um, How could you introduce some of that thinking into other parts and other areas of your life? So I think that's really important. Um, I think it's important to surround yourself by supportive, positive people who Mm -hmm. can help to affirm who you are. So being surrounded by people who are also quite negative and Mm. will then kind of cause you to feed off that negativity I think could be quite a dangerous place to be so I think it's surrounding yourself with supportive people who generally see they're more up people than they are down Mm -hmm. they can see the positives and things and and some of that thinking and behavior will rub off and you'll start to be drawn into a much more positive state of mind Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. is really important I think avoiding comparing yourself to others right? because comparison is just, um, it's never going to get you anywhere. Everybody's right. life's right. different and what you see on the outside is not what's happening on the inside. Right. So we've no idea who anybody is on the inside. We've got oh, some glimpses yeah. mm-hmm. of who they are. We've got some glimpses of what's going on for them, but mm-hmm. we've no idea if that's real or not. Um, yeah, just the true. same way, you know, we can struggle to know who we are, let alone knowing other people so instead of focusing on other people and what they've got where they're at focus on yourself and what makes you happy and really look for some fun like fun ways to just almost kick back and forget about who you are just throw yourself into the fun side of life and the things that you really enjoy doing right right yeah that's so true and I think those are really good strategies I I will say that This is so self-esteem. This is where, um, I find as a coach that I work really well when somebody is in therapy as well, because Mm. this is as much as, so some of the techniques that we've talked about and that you talk about are excellent. And these are very forward thinking. These are things, tangible steps that you can kind of take Mm. into your life and action. I find that the self-confidence, these come from messages that were instilled and inserted, uh, long, long ago. And there's often... Yeah, I, I find mm. that as in, in my coaching activities, the things that really stick are when my client has a therapist to do the deep dive into really, really uncovering sort of where this came from and, and doing some of the repair work around that mm. past trauma. 
So that's, yeah. that's been my personal experience. Cause I, to, to everyone's credit, you know, self, self, self-confidence is something that it didn't just start yesterday. And, you know, as a coach, I'm like, well, if it were easy, you probably would have figured it out without me. So I, so oftentimes mm. this takes a bit of a team effort in my, in my experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that reflection piece using journaling and things like that to really process some of the thoughts that are going on and the messages I think can be really helpful as well in terms of activities that you can do on your own around really digging deep and challenging yourself and some of your own thinking if you're able to can be really really powerful yeah oh yeah that's so true because all of it's a story all of it's a a made-up reality that we believe to be true right feels pretty convincing but it it is exactly and your mind is like really really powerful and it can rewrite history right so it creates a whole history that never even happened because we've got a certain perception of of what was happening at the time and history can get distorted over time as well so we maybe forget some parts and embellish some other parts because we want to find the evidence that tells us that what we believe is true so yeah. we're looking for that av- that evidence to reinforce some of those negative messages. And right. instead, you know, a different way would be to pick something that's more of a positive position about yourself right. and then look for some evidence to prove that the things that, you, that you're looking at are actually yeah. true. So we can flip yeah. the stone a little bit. And look, if, if you want you know, proof that this exists, look at Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and all these billionaires, and they're telling themselves a story that actually serves them. And then it's a narcissistic Mm. narrative. But like Jeff Bezos will screw over people for minimum wage. But yet he's sort of all big, you know, he's flying off into space and having a great life. But like, imagine the narrative in Jeff Bezos's head, I'm awesome. The whole world is my oyster. I deserve yeah. everything. I've earned everything that I am enjoying right now. Um, so if there were any proof that you can flip the narrative and create your own story, if you look mm. at the billionaires or, or, or you know, um, dictators of, of nations, is that they tell <laughs> themselves a story that places yeah. themselves front and center. And they're not superhuman. They're just a human like anybody else. But they're telling themselves a story that convinces them that they're the greatest. So yeah. we're that powerful. Yeah, although I'm not quite sure I'm advocating that we all turn into dictators. <laughs> yes, yes, but just take a we little could bit if we wanted the, to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just take a little bit of the message. <laughs> yeah, just like sweets. You don't want to. You don't want to eat too much. <laughs> yeah, but you know that exactly what you're saying is true. We, we do have the power within us to change the narrative, to change yeah. the message, and to live by something that's more powerful. Mm-hmm completely wow okay that sounds that's a lovely start yeah (laughs) that is food for thought but uh, you know and if you are struggling like don't put too much pressure on yourself either because uh that can be counterproductive so you know take some small steps but don't you know you don't have to change try and change yourself overnight because that's just not going to work you'll be like an elastic band you'll just ping back into place and move often in the opposite direction so yeah um so be kind to yourself take some small steps and um just every day you try and focus on something positive about who you are and um your place in the world which is just as much valuable as everybody else's true that we all have something to give. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Mm. All right. 
That was hot as advertised. (laughs) Yeah. So is it question time? Yeah, let's meander. Okay, let's do it. This week's question is, how can I make it up to my partner for cheating? (laughs) Bum, bum, bum. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Well. There's no jewelry store in this world, my (laughs) friend. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, I have to say, lucky person for being taken back for cheating, first of all. So that's assuming that the person knows, because I got from this that the person doesn't know they have been cheated upon. Oh, that's a whole different slant. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I just assumed that this person's like, well, I cheated. I didn't tell my partner, but how do I make it up to them? Like, my, my <gasps> conscience is weighing on me. I'm guilty. Can I just kind of slip them a gift, but not actually... I don't know. Mm. That's what's coming up for me. I know. Wow. Well, yeah, I did not read the question like that. No, yeah. So, I mean, there's a cat on either side of this interpretation, (laughs) is what I'm thinking. (laughs) Well, it could be the female. You never know. Very true, very true. can't assume that it's a man. Oh, my gosh. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Absolutely. Mm. Thanks for that. (laughs) Yeah. So whichever, I mean, I think mine is a bit of an odd interpretation. I I think fair enough, you know, how do I make it up to my partner? Assuming that they know, assuming that maybe there's an opportunity to show amends. Mm. I take it the first thing is you're not going to give them a shopping catalog and be like, well, here's a great item and that's a great item. I assume that your thoughts are going in another direction. Yeah, well, I mean, my thoughts go straight to trust because the foundation of any healthy relationship is trust and having that Mm -hmm. trust and connection. And, um, you know, when there has been infidelity, that trust and connection is just blown out the water. Mm. And I can imagine that you um, no longer know if you can believe anything to be true in the relationship. So Mm -hmm. the other party is going to be coming at it from a place of questioning everything, real suspicion, they're going to have their guard up um, and it's going to feel quite scary, I think, to be in that position where the person who's done the cheating probably just wants the whole thing to go away as quickly as possible. Yeah. And I, I just want to be forgiven. I just want to, you know, I yeah. want redemption and I want that as quickly as possible yeah. because maybe they feel guilty about what they've done and they wish they hadn't done it. Mm. And so there's this, you've got two people that are coming at this from completely different positions you've got one that wants to kind of speed through the process Mm. to get to the other side of healthiness and happiness in the relationship again and you've got the other person that's going actually no I can't just move through this that quickly I need some time I need to learn how to trust you again and I don't know how to do that I feel like you've shattered my world and I've no idea how to get beyond that and it's going to take me a long time to process that whereas the other person's like nope I want to speed on through you know collect my 200 pounds pass go <laughs> and uh and start buying houses again yes so yeah it's yes it's a <gasps> tough situation to be in oh yeah and you know and there are some folks there's a lot of folks who think about non-monogamy or ethical non-monogamy or yes. polyamory or open relationships and there's there's all but you know but the thing is is like even in those arrangements there's still such a thing as cheating because those arrangements come with very 
strong, or they should come with very well entrenched boundaries yes. and rules yeah. of engagement. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, the antidote to cheating, or it's, it's not fair to say, yeah, but some people have open relationships and monogamy is a Western construct or whatever. Well, you know. Yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of not picking that up from this question. I'm not picking up from yeah. the fact that they've kind of, that they've, you know, entered into a, a realm of an open relationship. And I think you're right. The, it, I was reading an article actually at the weekend saying how it is on the rise and that's mm. all well and good. If you sign up for that and that's where you're at then, mm-hmm. and you've got your rules of engagement and you stick to them, then, you know, happy days, go for it. I don't get the sense from this question that yeah. anybody's signed up to an open relationship. Yeah. And I, I get the sense that this is something that has come out the blue. It has rocked the relationship, as mm-hmm. as you would expect. And now mm-hmm. it's about how do we recover from that position? Mm-hmm. So the, the question is from the person who has strayed. But yes. I'm actually curious from the point of view of the person who has been the subject of or who has been cheated upon yeah um you know because here's where i do really enjoy the work i think i've mentioned her before esther perel i've really i enjoy her work i enjoy i enjoy the acknowledgement that not cheating that mating in captivity that we are not biologically programmed to be sexually monogamous like that's not an evolutionary it's 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 a relatively recent thing in the in the last few hundred years of our existence but or maybe an anthropologist would say maybe a few thousand years but mm-hmm. um all this to say is that like it's not uncommon to cheat we're we're probably programmed to to cheat it, it is it is something that can be actually quite natural which is very bizarre but mm. just to acknowledge that this is so common and the reason why it is so common, it can be helpful to sort of say, oh, okay, you know, less to be taken personally because, you know, if you can kind of start from a place of, okay, how do we, like Esther Perel says, like, how do we, this is a new start for our relationship. Like it's the end of our relationship as we know it. When somebody has cheated, we might choose to continue on together, but it's going to be in, in a new relationship. It's, it's, we are proceeding into new territory when we make amends after infidelity. And I can kind of see that. So I see that from a let's look at a productive way to move forward. I I can imagine if you're the person that's just been cheated on, somebody talking about how this is an opportunity to have a bit of a rebirth (laughs) in the relationship, I'd be like, fuck you. Do you have (laughs) any idea what just happened to me? True. So I I get it and I can understand that on an intellectual level. Um, I can't say that I'd accept that if I was the person being cheated on, right? I'd be like, I didn't need a rebirth. I was absolutely fine with my relationship. Thank you very much. Right. Right. Take your cheating ass and away you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But the thing is, is like, it's never cut and dry. It was never a great, it was never a perfect relationship. It might have felt like that for you, but if both parties did not fundamentally believe that it was the perfect relationship. Mm. And it, that's hard. And that's hard. And, you know, and again, you might be like, get the hell out. See you later. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. And that is absolutely fine to do. But if you want to continue this a relationship with this person, yeah. hard days are ahead because, you know, it's not even a matter of like, how do I make it up to my partner for cheating on them? It's, it's, uh, well, I guess there's a lot of, if you want to stay together, there's a lot of hard work to do because now we're in a new chapter of yeah, shit just got real. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. And I think having, you know, the question, how do I make it up to my partner, should actually be different. It should be, um, you know, how do I rebuild the trust after cheating? How do I, 
use this as an opportunity so from the person who's cheated who's in a place Mm. to say how can I learn more about myself so that I can be a better partner and I can show up in a in a more fulfilling way towards my partner and be grateful and thankful how do I appreciate this relationship that I've got that's that's the question they should be asking not how do I make it up to them like how do I become a better (laughs) human being yeah that is the answer folks I tell you oh no no no, for sure for sure for anybody who thought that we were gonna you know propose a certain carrot of diamond ring you have got another thing coming because that's exactly (laughs) it it's not easy my friend whatever this making up is not going to go on a credit card (laughs) no it's not this is going to take I think time and some dedication some digging deep and understanding who you are and and understand who your partner is right like use it as an opportunity to really get to know them at a deeper level and find out the ways that you can be a kinder more supportive Mm. partner and show up better in your Mm -hmm. relationship and that's the way you'll demonstrate it because through some hard work and some real digging deep that's how you'll start to demonstrate it and that's how you'll start to rebuild the trust and you've got to provide space and patience and no matter how long it takes because I I'd just be grateful that they've agreed to keep you (laughs) (laughs) true that oh true Uh, that yeah fired up this weekend yeah (laughs) yeah no that rings true that totally rings true (laughs) Well, I love these questions that come in and we're like, oh, brace yourself because this isn't what you're, this isn't what you think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a, that is lovely. I think that takes us to a, to a nice spot. And, Mm. and these both like feed in. I, you know, I have seen folks with low self-confidence who cheat. Mm. And so, you know, if it's time to, if, if how to make it up to them, let's say is to commit and take the time and the patience of months, if not years of work. Mm. And a lot of that work is going to be on yourself. And a lot of that work is going to be figuring out like, so why did you do it? What need was it filling? What need is not being filled in your relationship? What expectations do you have of a relationship that are unrealistic Mm. and you need to get those filled from within yourself and not keep searching for that in other people Mm, yeah and that's an important point actually is you have to be in a position where you're open to answering some of the questions because the person that's been cheated on is going to need some sort of closure some sort of reason so I think being really honest about some of those questions about why did you do it who was it with? When did it happen? How? Yeah. Because as humans, we kind of want to know the details, even though we don't. It's a bit like when you see a car accident, everybody Post-mortem. still looks, even though they don't want to know yeah. what's happening. You kind of yeah. can't. And you need that process, I think, of, of yeah. whilst you might not want to kind of, you, you might not want to go into it as the cheater, you might kind of think, look, you know, why are you going to go over all of this? Mm-hmm that's not fair to the other person who doesn't know what happens who who doesn't know why it happened they're going to want that analysis and information oh so true Mm. that's good advice good (laughs) advice yeah yeah so fiery week fiery week and that gets me started i feel like this is like breaking new ground and i'm here Mm. in a new city and that's new stuff to think about and I and it's totally gelling with what I'm seeing especially in this sort of time in the pandemic which is by the way still going on folks if you thought it was post-pandemic I can tell you the mental health strain of this pandemic Mm. is it getting worse no but it's not getting any better yeah 
And so people are really, relationships are really struggling. Relationships are still on the last frayed edge right now. Just Mm. if listener, if you're feeling like, man, my relationship is under real strain right now, well, you're not alone because I'm seeing that in a huge way. So I feel like these two instances that we bring up this week are very helpful and very real. Mm. Yeah, they are real. And yeah. yeah. And that's what we always strive to do on the podcast is to talk about yeah. some of the real issues and challenges that people face out there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Okay, I'm feeling equipped. <laughs> I'm feeling equipped. Ready for the week ahead. <laughs> Ready for the week ahead. Absolutely. The fire is in the belly. The fire in the go. belly. Absolutely. Now, is it too early to think about things like travel plans for you guys? Are you guys looking at any... No, I have just written off travel for the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I've just heard so many horror stories of people kind of booking things and then stuff getting cancelled yeah, or yeah. lists changing as to whether they have to isolate or not. And I just, yeah. I just feel like it's too traumatic. I yeah. am um, planning a trip to the UK in um, September, but that's because oh. my daughter's going to university. Yeah. Um, so that will be the first time that I will oh. have left the island for wow. two years that is the longest time i've ever stayed on this island oh my gosh <laughs> wow oh my mm. gosh that is a long time yeah it is although um we were having a conversation about it, my daughter and i at the weekend and we we're talking about the pandemic and how things have been and um and she said well i kind of feel like people just make the best of a bad situation and i thought well that's a lovely oh. way to um a lovely outlook to have because oh, nice. I think that's all you can do. I would love to travel, but I just, I think right now it's not the right time for me. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately. Oh, but girls trip in September. Yes, going to, it'll be nice actually going to visit her. Beautiful. Not that she's left yet, but <laughs> yeah. it's imminent. We're almost there. That's the thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm. All right. Well, that was a lovely week spent. In your yes, company. it was. Thank you. I yeah. feel like I missed out last week because we didn't record. <laughs> yes, we didn't. <laughs> I had to make up for it this week. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a little bit of food for thought for the week ahead. Yes, we do. Yeah. And um, yeah, enjoy settling into your new place and becoming acclimatized. <gasps> oh, thank you so much. And I hope that there is some rays of sun. And when the rays of sun come out over there, that you're out on your garden furniture and the butterflies are around. Oh, yes, I will be. And I can see your beautiful blue sky in the background. So yeah. I'm sure you're going to make the most of that today. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty. So until right. next week. Till next week. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.